Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. CBS Sports Radio, good evening, everybody. I am Bart Winkler. David Shepard is here. We've got Pat Boyle on the updates tonight, and we hope to keep you company and hope that it's good company. We want to keep you company, but we want it to be a net positive on your evening. So uh, if we are not, again, call us, yell at us, tweet us, scream at us, whatever you need to do to make sure that we can be a beneficiary to you in your evening. And I, and I hope that we are. I hope that we are. Lots to get to tonight. Still the fallout of the Super Bowl that we saw just two nights ago. NBA will talk some maybe MVP discussion or some of the results going on. Just check in where all these teams are. As again, when I was uh, switched to this position of the day, I thought, yay, I get to watch and talk about a lot of NBA. And I'm really eager about that. And it's going to still happen, but we haven't done that like much at all. And the season's been pretty interesting. Uh, The trade deadline was not as exciting as I think that we always hope a trade deadline to be, but there was some good action and some impactful trades all the way back to the James Harden trade at the beginning of the year. So it'd be foolish to say that trades have not impacted the season, but we didn't get that flurry last week that sometimes we uh, expect or hope for just as, as fans and uh, purveyors of news that love more news. Sometimes I think we are addicted to the breaking of news. We don't care what it is. We just like when something new happens. We have very quick attention spans and we like the new thing. Just think of any trade deadline day when maybe it's one thirty and you hear a trade and you're like, wow, you text your buddies. And then by one thirty-five. You know, you're refreshing Woj and Shams, waiting for some more action. So definitely we'll talk some NBA. I do feel like I've been saying that for six weeks, but definitely we'll talk some NBA. I was thinking a lot about the Super Bowl. I really, truly was. 
and some of the things that have been said in the last two days as a result of the Super Bowl. And there's some things that I feel, some takes that I have, and I'm not sure that the Super Bowl did anything to convince me one way or the other that, I, that I'm that i right. I'm also um, trying to balance what we think we saw with what we actually saw. And what I mean by that is I've come to the realization that the Kansas City Chiefs were very, very lucky to win this game. Uh, very lucky to win this game. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Remember my famous quote? Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Okay? So when that happens, when when you are the beneficiary of good luck, it's not just, oh, you know, I scratched one lottery ticket, I won $2 million. That kind of stuff is very, very rare. The odds of that are, are stacked against it. But when you start to have a day and you prepare and, you know, you maybe work out or you get your mind right and then good things start happening to you during the day, like you get noticed at work or uh, a nice lady, you know, you buy her a drink at the bar and she like accepts it, you know, something like that. When you've put in time and there's situations where good things can present itself, sometimes, yeah, luck will happen, but also if you're prepared, then luck is more likely to happen. You're more likely to stumble into good fortune if you've actually prepared for the good fortune. So I don't want to take anything away from the Chiefs. That is not my intention. That is not my goal because it's the same thing that I had been talking about with uh, the 49ers and, and really Brock Purdy. So there were games where I thought the Detroit Lions should have won that football game. And I thought the Green Bay Packers should have won that football game. But I couldn't, you can't, it doesn't matter because they didn't. It doesn't matter that they should have won because they didn't win. And the other team, when given the opportunities, they made plays. Yeah, that ball in the NFC Championship game that went off the defender's head and then into the arms of Brandon Ayuk, that shouldn't have happened. There was a play where Brock Purdy against the Lions scrambled and hit Kyle Juszczyk, a fullback who toe-tipped on the sideline. That shouldn't have happened, but it did, and so did the other one. Against the Packers, there was a ball thrown right into the stomach of Darnell Savage. That, that should have been an interception, but it wasn't. The Packers had a great drive from Aaron Jones. They went to their field goal kicker who should have made it, but he didn't. So the Niners have been a good team. They've also benefited from some luck in the postseason, and it got them to the Super Bowl. And what I wondered in this game was, who is the good fortune going to favor the most? Who are the football gods going to favor the most here? Because Brock Purdy is a guy who was getting a lot of like luck coming his way. And Patrick Mahomes was a guy too who was getting a lot of luck to come his way. Remember against the Ravens, they scored zero points in the uh, second half, but the Ravens inexplicably didn't do the one thing they could do on the chiefs, 
which was run the football. So the Chiefs' defense was able to to hold firm. There's been luck along the way for both of these guys. And if you think of Tom Brady, so many things that we talk about with Tom Brady, yeah, he won a bunch, but there were lucky moments and good fortune. Whether you want to think about everything the Falcons did when they were up 28-3 to allow him back into the game or all the way back to the tuck rule, like these guys that have this level of success do encounter some luck along the way. And I don't bring this up to take anything away from the Chiefs at all. Because like I said, you prepare for these moments and hopefully the good fortune finds you. I do it because of the San Francisco 49ers. And I find it weird that I have kind of come to this realization. And it's not so much about Purdy as it is to me about Kyle Shanahan. Because I feel like leading up to the Super Bowl, I have been somebody who has been very eager to remind people that Kyle Shanahan might be a bit overrated as a head coach. I mentioned an article in the ringer yesterday where it said Kyle Shanahan's maybe the most influential person in football right now, period. The next, the next sentence was, but he's also a loser. Like he loses a bunch. He loses in the Super Bowl. He loses in NFC championship games. And the guy he lost to both times in the Super Bowl was Andy Reid, who 15 years ago was Kyle Shanahan was a guy who was very influential, was a guy who had a lot of success, was a guy who went constantly to NFC Championship games four in a row one time, even got to a Super Bowl, and he lost to Tom Brady. So Kyle Shanahan, I still would think there's some issues there. They've had some blown leads. I still feel like we have given him a Super Bowl or two, even though he hasn't won any yet. If you start to list who your best coaches are, you're going to put Kyle Shanahan very high. I feel like you need to at least win a Super Bowl to be above the other guys that have won a Super Bowl. A lot of people right now would take Kyle Shanahan over Sean McVay. McVay, McVay won a Super Bowl. You know, Andy Reid's won a Super Bowl. These guys, if they win a Super Bowl, I think I think you got to put them above guys that didn't win a Super Bowl. That's the hardest thing to do. So when I think of all this, I just think of it from a Kyle Shanahan perspective. Like, he still is somebody who I think gets a little overinflated in terms of where he ranks. But also, I don't know how much of what happened on Sunday was Kyle Shanahan's fault. I think that at the end of the first half, there were some timeouts he could have used. We don't know the outcome of of what would have happened there. And then with overtime, you probably should take the ball second. But I still understood his rationale for taking it first. The defense was tired. So what? Mahomes is going to score. And then what? You have to score a touchdown. And then what if you do? The Chiefs are just going to get the ball sudden death. It's over. So they were thinking a couple of steps ahead. Like if you're playing chess, that's why it's so hard for me to play chess. That, among other reasons, as in, it's very hard. But you always have to be thinking several steps ahead. I'm always like, well, if I move this guy there, you know, people loved to play chess against me when I tried to dabble in high school because I was always one move to the next move. I never thought long-term. 
I always try to do what's best for me now, and I'll figure out the rest later. And sometimes that might work. That's how I approach my fantasy football rosters. I need a guy this week. I'll figure it out later. That's how I approach life. I'll make decision, this decision now, and then I'll, I'll figure it out later. But in chess, like, that's literally how you win, is thinking many moves ahead. So Shanahan, in this situation, was almost playing chess. You know that phrase, well, everyone's playing checkers, and he's playing chess. He was playing chess, but the game was checkers. And so the Chiefs are like, no, we'll, we'll, you want the ball? Fine, then we'll get it and know that we have fourth downs. And then if you kick a field goal, we know we just need a touchdown. And even if you scored, we'll go for two. Like you've you've given us that situation. All we, you know, all we need to do is drive down the field and then king me, right? So I have a hard time because there's not a ton of examples in this game that I really think Kyle Shanahan blew it. And even there was a fourth down where he went for it and they got it. And that was a great Kyle Shanahan decision. Also, I saw this stat about the Kansas City Chiefs. And the amount of luck that they had in this game. There was a guy on Twitter uh, posting about this. His name is Tom Bliss. And I'm like, his his Twitter is Data with Bliss. And I'm like, oh, it's just one of these guys that has a analytical account. And he probably does some numbers and crunches. And, you know, his tweet kind of got some attention. So I look at his bio. Senior manager, football ops data scientist. At NFL. Oh, so this is something. Uh, They say, using our framework, 2023 Kansas City Chiefs had the most probable added, the most win probability added via luck of any playoff team since 2018. One of those occurred in the Super Bowl when San Francisco muffed the punt with 242 left to go in quarter number three. That added... 15% 15% to Kansas City's win probability. Think back to the Buffalo game when Stephon Diggs dropped a pass that was right in his bread bas- basket. Uh, that added 18%. And then the missed field goal for Buffalo in that game added 19%. So they had a lot of situations where they were the beneficiary of something that they didn't really do or a mistake that they made. But you could say, all right, the field goal was where it was because the defense or the coverage on Diggs allowed him to think about something else for a second or the way that they covered the punt and they were able to jump on it. Because, like, There's preparation that goes into it, so I'm really not trying to take anything away from the Chiefs, but I'm also acknowledging that there was a bit of luck on this run. They haven't even mentioned yet Zay Flowers fumbling a ball at the one-inch line. Or the Ravens going completely away from their whole identity of running the football. So a lot of things happen. And even in this game, and one thing that I don't think I mentioned at all, I don't think anyone mentioned at all yesterday, at least in these four hours that that we kind of share, is what happened with uh, Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw, who against the Packers had two interceptions and has been a terrific player for the 49ers, uh, a linebacker. He got injured after a punt. He was running onto the field and tore his Achilles. So he's just running on the field and this happens. There was a clip already posted. This was tonight on the CW network 
They have Inside the NFL now, if you, in case you're like, what happened to the Inside the NFL? It's actually been on the CW all season. But they had a clip of about four different people. Patrick Mahomes is in here. Uh, you hear a guy scream. It's Fred Warner. Kyle Shanahan talks at one point. George Kittle also. This is a quick uh, mashup of the reaction from when people first realized that Dre Greenlaw just fat, flat out fell while running back onto the field. Hey! TV, TV. 57 got hurt. 57 got hurt over there. You're not going to believe what happened. Watch 57, Dre Greenlaw, after the stop on the punt return. Oh. And it doesn't look pretty. No! get hurt running out on the field? Did Dre really tear his Achilles? Yeah, they just said that's depressing. And that was very matter-of-factly said by George Kittle. And what a unfortunate moment for the Niners, but that's just another thing that happened in this game. I've mentioned the muff punt. You know there were seven fumbles in this game? There were seven fumbles in this game? One way or another, there was a lot of low snapping. The center, we got to talk about this chief center. What was he doing? It was like Mahomes was playing on all Madden mode, and then it was one of those FU games where you're just not going to win the game. There were seven fumbles. Six were recovered by the Chiefs. The Chiefs had fumbled five times, and the Niners had fumbled twice. And of the seven fumbles, the Chiefs recovered six of them. So there was a lot that happened in this game where, yes, the Chiefs won. And, yes, you gave the ball to Patrick Mahomes. And, yes, this is Patrick Mahomes. He is going to lead you down the football field. But I think, to me, when talking about this game and everything that's come out of it, how good is Purdy? Is Mahomes the GOAT? Where does Andy Reid rank? Does Kyle Shanahan... Uh, have the choke gene. All of these things are being discussed and we're making huge, huge decisions and huge clarifications. We're making just huge determinations really over a football game that could have gone the other way 10, 12, 15 times throughout. So I just think like, yes, Patrick Mahomes is good. One of the best. Yes, the Chiefs are a dynasty. Uh, One of the best. Yes, the 49ers were the second best team in the league this season. Yes, Kyle Shanahan still has actually not won a Super Bowl. But all of these things that we are saying so... with, 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 With just so much backing behind, I do think like... I want to remember just how crazy it got to get to this point. So that's not something I woke up thinking. Uh, I didn't think, hey, you know, to start the show, you're going to kind of like take it easy on Kyle Shanahan. I, I never thought I would do that. Uh, I just think there's a there's a lot more that happened in this game the more that we uh, look at it. 855-212-4227. We will keep talking about the game and the things that now we think about because of this game. Want to do that with you guys here. 855 212 4227 CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. 
you say big games, like we've got to win a bunch of big games to get to Super Bowls. Um, we've won a lot of big games here. Uh, we've won a lot of big games to get into playoffs. Um, the fact that we keep getting there shows you guys how many, how much we've been game, win games or big games, and I think you guys are aware of that. Um, but it's, you know, these two Super Bowls have been tough losing to Kansas City. Um, but to think that if if we win that, that means I can win a big game. No, that means our team won the Super Bowl. Um, that's what that's what I understand. You guys can have any narrative you want, but like the success or the failure. Uh, it comes down to one game, and I hope that I can be a part of a team that wins a game at the end of the year. But to say that the Niners can't win a big game would be an extremely inaccurate statement. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Here's Bart. That's Kyle Shanahan making excuses for himself. See, I go right back to it. <laughs> did you did you play Get Lucky on purpose, or is that an accident? No, that's a, that was very much intentional, Bart. Okay, good job. Yeah, I mean, I know what I'm doing, kind of, right? I mean, one of my pet peeves is acknowledging the bumper music. I I just did it. There you go. So I'm I apologize to myself, but uh, well done. Because there's there's some. So maybe I'm I'm happy I brought it up because there's a lot of people listening. Hey, oh, I get it. But to the untrained ear, you know, sometimes we do that to enhance the experience. So maybe I am happy I brought it up. Just to uh, let people know that we're we're thinking about all angles here on this program. David Shepard, of course, uh, my main man. So how about that, Shep? I started the show uh, backing off Shanahan a little bit. Who saw that coming? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know what happened to Bart Winkler at the beginning of this show because I thought you were extremely kind to him. Bart, here's what I'm thinking with that clip. I, I thought the same exact thing that you did. I thought it was just a bunch of excuse-making. I think it's him trying to pat himself on the back. I think it's him trying to get himself off the hook. Did you see and watch with Evan Washburn, I believe that's the reporter's name, right after the game. And Kyle Shanahan, to his credit, faced the music. You know, He talked to the media, did the one-on-one interview that every Super Bowl head coach losing guy does. Did you see what he said about overtime? I saw a lot of things about overtime, right. so this specific one I would have you tell our audience. Copy that. So, I've seen it all, right, but right. So why don't you just go ahead and— Right. So, so he said, very point blank, we wanted Patrick—we wanted to get the ball and not give Patrick a shot in overtime. That tells me, like I think most people that have a brain, it wasn't just his players that had a misunderstanding of what the overtime rules were. Bart— This is an NFL head coach. Overtime has happened before in the playoffs. It has happened specifically under the new format with this guy. How is he not aware of what the rules are in overtime? And this part is the biggest rule in overtime. Now, I would like to think that when it's all said and done, voters and fans are going to be very kind and look at him in the same lens of a Marv Levy. Because Marv Levy was always the guy that got all so close but could never get over the hump. It's like, who's more impressive? John Gruden, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh. I'm talking about one-hit wonders in terms of Super Bowl victories versus a guy that makes it four straight times and can't win, right? Kyle Shanahan, to me, is that guy. Here's the problem. Bart, I don't remember Marv Levy, and Bills fans can attest to this, ever costing his team a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan's done it three times, twice as a head coach. Like, what else can this guy say? Like, he's... 
I don't know if he's incapable of rising to the occasion as a head coach where it seems like Andy Reid does do that. Again, people blame Andy Reid for not being able to win the big game. The guy had McNabb as his quarterback. Bart, what was McNabb after uh, Andy Reid? What was he? Uh, McNabb with the Eagles was very good. He was. Now, what happened when he played in Washington? What happened when he played in Minnesota? Well, he wasn't that good. Right. And so the common denominator there is he was really good under Andy Reid, and when he didn't play under Andy Reid, he was all of a sudden not even close to being a Hall of Famer, something we talked about with McNabb in his time in the city of brotherly love. Here's the point. Kyle Shanahan is, should be done making excuses at this point. Like, you cannot win the big game, and you got to take that on the chin instead of trying to justify and absolve yourself of any kind of blame because it does go to him, Bart. And by the way, you know this. The Ravens did it too. How the hell... In a crucial time of this game, six plays, five of those, you allow Brock Purdy to throw the ball when you have the offensive player of the year on your team and you don't go to him all but once. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things that Kyle Shanahan thinks I mean might want to take back, and this has been a trend in his career. I just think of all the of all the ammunition and of all the times that I can be like, hey, look, Kyle Ch- Shanahan's a choker. You know, this this one is le- the least choky. The overtime, the overtime thing with Evan Washburn. If he, if he said that, I hope that was a misspeaking, because uh, everything else that I've read, they had an understanding that he had to score a touchdown. I'm gonna, I'm so, gonna find, I'm gonna find you that clip very quickly, just to reiterate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear it again for the second time, because, like I said, I've ingested so much information that I, I'm, I'm like barely remembering who even. Was the halftime show? I'm just, I just, my brain is just full of information. It's you like hear it, Bart? it's spilling out of my ears. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's play the clip. Yeah, keep you up. understanding. It's raw, and again, it went into overtime. But is there anything right now that you feel like was the difference down the stretch? Um, I mean, love to score a touchdown there at the end. I could pat another chance. Oof. Well. If that's the case, strike away everything I said. See, see why I'm tired of being a nice guy. Yeah. See, I, I come in here, I see all these stats about luck, and I felt really bad. Like I think what what got me the most was before I wanted to come on tonight. I see this injury with Drake Greenlaw again. I I see all these clips. I'm like, man, that, what are you supposed to do about that? That's about as unlucky as it gets. So. He said that right away. That was like the losing interview coach, right? Yeah. Right outside in front of a cement wall. And then, yeah. Okay. So he says that. And then they changed the story later on in the night. Right. Because you know what? Some PR guy got a hold of what he said and said, Coach, you you can't, you can't say that again. Like, like you have to make it seem like you knew what was going on because that seemed very sincere, his answer. That, that wasn't a misspeak. That wasn't something that he just befuddled because he was so distraught with losing. That's what he really thought. Well, then that is a mistake, and, and that is bad. It's a, I still, the it's fact a, that they got yeah. to overtime, you know, there was a lot that happened in the game. The overtime stuff, you know, definitely a criticism. I still do acknowledge the amount of things that happened in the game that the Chiefs did benefit from with luck. But sometimes sometimes this is the slim margin of champions. Bart, is yep. Who's prepared for that situation and who's not? That's not a mistake. That's coaching malpractice. This is, this is a situation where, honestly— and you know this. You saw the entire. You saw the entirety of the game with 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 your whole family. The Chiefs had a fourth down at their thirty-five. If they got the ball first, they would punt that, and that game should have been the 49ers in overtime because they did stop the Chiefs on three downs. But because they knew they needed to score a touchdown, and they knew the 49ers had the three to begin with in overtime, they had to go for it. 
That, that would have never happened if the Chiefs got the ball first because the 49ers obviously had the decision and kick it off if they wanted to. That's coaching malpractice. That goes well beyond a mistake. 855-212-4227. Big L is in Baltimore. Hey, man. Yeah, good evening, Bart. How Hi. You how you doing? Good. How are you? How are you? Good. Good, sir. I uh, wanted to mention about the Super Bowl uh, Sunday, uh, some things that happened on the sideline where, uh, what's his name, Kelsey uh, was uh, jawing at the uh, coach Reed and shoved him and got him off balance. The other thing that happened on the sidelines after the KC had the ball, got off the field on the sidelines, uh, 15 was uh, jawing with the uh, number four there. I would think that the yeah the Mahomes there was a Mahomes uh, Rasheed Rice right, uh, skirmish because right. I think he thought he was open yeah yeah well uh, I think Holmes was I would think Holmes was right knows what he's doing other than that a fella called you yesterday I wasn't able to get in to uh, talk to you last night uh, he was mentioning something about the overtime the last two minutes where uh, Holmes let uh, ten seconds run off the clock. And uh, he didn't think it was right. He did, uh, evidently he didn't know the rules. I think you were you knew the rules. You was trying to comment to him what was going on or what was coming down. When was that rule put in effect? Would this year for the Super Bowl or for regular uh, regular uh, season play? With the overtime? Uh, yeah, where, where it's uh, the question was uh, what was the question? Oh, were we talking about this late last night, trying to figure yeah, all that yeah. out? Uh, he was trying. Uh, he, as long as he had the ball, to, it was going to run. If the clock would have run out, they would have still played because uh, Holmes still had the ball and he had downs to play. So if he didn't score, the game was over with, correct? Yeah, so they changed those overtime rules. Uh, I'll answer for you here, Big Al. Thanks for the call. They changed those after that Chiefs-Bills game. So this has been in effect for a couple of seasons now where in the postseason, if you go to overtime, you score. The other team still gets the opportunity to score, but that's only playoffs. So what Kyle Shanahan was speaking of in that immediate interview with Evan Washburn uh, of CBS is if this was a regular season game, yeah, you get the ball, you score, it's over if you score a touchdown. Uh, they do not do that in the playoffs anymore because we've seen some high-profile games. I think it even happened to the Chiefs against the Patriots years before that. So it's happened. They've changed it. That part, I think, a lot of fans were aware of, but then I wasn't aware of the whole clock thing because it was counting down, and I thought it was the end of a period, but it was actually just really like a quarter, and so there was some confusion there. But again, as many people as were confused about this, there were 53 players and 20 coaches and 15 front office staff. The Chiefs have been on this all year, practicing for it all year. So when you win on the margins, when it's a game of inches, all this stuff that happened, all these, you know, one guy runs onto the field, tears his Achilles. Another guy punts the football and it bounces off a guy's shoe. There's all these things that happen that you can't prepare for. But there are things that happen that you can and the Chiefs came into this game and came into that overtime uh, more prepared for. As far as the Kelsey-Andy Reid stuff, I haven't gotten too much into that. I don't know that I have much to say on that. 
I don't find that to be a big deal. Um, Travis Kelsey, okay, is an NFL player, and he, you know, was approaching a senior citizen with a hip surgery replacement. So that's like, uh, but it, it wasn't, there was no violent intent from what I saw. And when you're Travis Kelsey, and this is a Super Bowl, and the Chiefs have put as much into this as they can, I, I feel like that's the most minor of things that happened. And there's a lot of equity in that relationship where if something unpredictable happens, it's a little easier to forgive or to understand. So I could get into this whole thing because your boy here is a communications major. And within that, not, not just, so I, I took communications in college to do radio and TV and film and all this, but you also got to fill it in with all these other classes, like interpersonal and intrapersonal and all this stuff. So I learned about relationship equity and they had a lot of relationship equity. Sometimes you'll see a guy go up to a coach and like, there's a little bit of a shove or a tap or there's no equity there. Not if it's a first year player, not if it's a superstar and a young head coach, like there's no equity there. You can't, you can't like borrow a little bit of that equity for a crazy moment. And it worked (laughs) since, uh, he had one yard and then had 80 more other yards in the second half, including a massive play running down the sideline as fast as on-field run seven years. So Andy downplayed it. Travis downplayed it. Uh, I'm sure that they don't even think about it at this point anymore. I don't think anybody is uh, upset except for a few Swifties that might wonder, like, would he ever bump Taylor? You know, I, I, I don't, I don't think it was a big, a lot of emotions on that sideline. Tom Brady spoke about it. He goes, that, that that shows me they want to win. I mean, nobody nobody got – there wasn't a fight. It was – Travis Kelsey was trying to reach his coach and along the way bumped his bad hip and startled the old man a little bit. They'll go out for a meal. Andy Reid will get his nugs, get his Haagen-Dazs, and all, all's well will end well, I think. With that one, and it kind of did. They won the Super Bowl. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Bart Winkler Show. Heard Monday through Friday, nighttime and nationwide. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio. I always like to the day after a big game. There's a big game. You say all this stuff, and you're like, I think I covered everything. And then there's some things that you realize, I could have spent a little more time on this, or we didn't know this or talk about this. One of those things was Chiefs guard Nick Allegretti. This guy started. um, He wasn't supposed to start. Guy above him, Tooney, was hurt. So he played all 79 snaps. Despite he tore his UCL and his elbow in the second quarter. So while Dre Greenlaw wasn't able to play, this guy played. MRI revealed a full tear today. And uh, he played through it. Three-time champion. I really do feel Dre Greenlaw is the guy who you just saw coming back from break. He um, fell. I don't think, unless I missed it, I don't think the broadcast did enough follow-up of that story. Oren Burks came in, 
I just I felt like that could have been another kind of angle to the story. Like, hey, this really good linebacker who's a great one-two condom with Fred Warner is not playing now from the most fluke injury in a game you're ever going to see. Besides uh, the should-be-comeback player of the year, DeMar Hamlin, and what happened to him. But that goes without saying. What happened with that? Uh, he almost died, and then uh, a guy quarterbacked five wins for the Browns and beat him out for a comeback player of the year award. I heard that quarterback did really well in the playoffs, though. Don't forget that. Uh, yes, he 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 was. Um, well, as bad as he did, he actually did do better than Hamlin did in the playoffs with the fake punt. So, so if it was a playoff award, maybe eight five five two one two four CBS. Dave is in Miami. Hi, Dave. Oh my God! Oh my God, Bart Warrior. Mr. Negative. I What's to, up, Dave? Oh, yeah, I want to talk mm-hmm. about Shanahan. I have a question about football. I don't know how the coaching works. I'm not really, really too smart uh, about that. Um, do they have like a bench coach, like in baseball, somewhere inside the ear to tell them, "Well, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you should do." Is there an associate coach somewhere? They have. Uh, it depends on the team, but you can have a guy be an assistant head coach or associate head coach, but he's also, like, in charge of, like, the linebackers maybe. Some teams do have a decision helper guy on the sideline. So the the thing that you're thinking of, bench coach, uh, you could have that if you wanted. Basically, if you're an NFL team, from my understanding, you could have as many people on that sideline as you want as long as you can find a job for them and pay them. All right, I, I got one more thing for you, and I'll let you go. Because um, Shanahan's not, not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Just put that out there. Um, and when it comes to Mr. Positive, I just want to say one more thing about him. Maybe I'll let this go today. Uh, he's who he is. I'm who I am. And I just want to be myself. And he could be himself. That's all I got to say. You have a good night. And um, go for your dreams. Wow. What, what happened there? Wow. All right. The the one-sided feud is, is over. Um Mr. Positive is is hanging out. I I was going to try to get you guys on the air together, and Dave wasn't really about it, and I don't think it needs to happen anymore because he's come around. Greg, what's up? Uh, I I just sense he's got a good soul. I think he's a good man. I just, um, you know, I, I, I like the uh, yin and yang, and, uh, if you will, and uh, I think he's... Um, I think he's a, he's, he's a good guy. I just uh, I, I mean, this is the he, same man who, whatever he just said there, is the same man who three weeks ago was talking about <laughs> dropping bombs on Detroit. Eh, it is what it is. <laughs> we all get a freebie, uh, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mr. What's Positive up? wants everyone to go for their dreams. Of, yeah, good stuff. Um, real quick, when we talk about Flacco and we talk about um, Damar Hamlin, I don't get me wrong. What Mr. Hamlin? Hey, turn, turn. You got Chris, Chris Cuomo on in the background. You turn him down. Oh, or is that uh, me? No, no, no. Uh, I apologize. Um, I'm just trying to watch. I'm listening to you, and I'm watching. Uh, hopefully, LeBron, the goat, destroy the Detroit Pistons. Oh um, yeah, okay, yeah, that's all right, me. yeah. Um, but uh, you know what Hamlin went through. You know, fantastic. But what you have to do, you have to isolate the sport. What Flacco did for the sport, comeback player, if you talk about context, um, it's football. Yes, people have 
died and come back at various uh, aspects in life, work, home, whatever, and you came back. But we're talking about a specificity. We're talking about sport. So yeah, it's just a weird award. Um, it's just a weird award where the reason Demar Hamlin got nominated was because he almost died, and then the reason Joe Flacco got nominated was because he came off of his couch. Yeah, yeah, and he performed, and you know, it's a comeback. You know, obviously, if Mr. Hamlin didn't die or, or die and come back. He wouldn't be in the uh, no. in the you know the mix. So obviously, if you break it down, it's about uh, context and it's about sport. So we're talking about sport, and you've got to give it to Flacco as comeback player of the year. Um, I just am you know the numbers, uh, the one twenty five that you brought up yesterday, one hundred and twenty five million. It's got to be the Tay Tay effect, um, and uh, you know it's just. Um, and with uh, Kelsey shoving uh, the coach, uh, that sets Travis. He's a, he's a warrior. He's a competitor. And, um, I mean, what the heck? I mean, ah, you know, was he out of line? Maybe he could have done it in a nicer way. But adrenaline moving and everything like that, you got to just say, hey. Yeah. And look, they said in the uh, halftime, he gave one hell of a speech. And look what happened. They won. Everything's under the bridge. And, uh, yeah, uh, love you, Bart. And great interview today with Clay Thompson. Did you do that today? No, what you're talking about, I put on Facebook an interview I did two years ago. I'm just trying I to get my numbers so up. I laid back. On my page. And I just love it. I love it, Bart. And I'm looking Thanks. forward to the Bartomio, uh, Bartometer. Yeah, that'll come uh, up Thursday. Thursday. Greg, thanks, okay, buddy. buddy. Love you. Bye. The uh, Love you, too. The Taylor Swift effect, look. 120 million people are going to watch the Super Bowl every year, 110, 115, whatever. But you had the perfect storm. You had the brand name team with the Chiefs. You had San Francisco, which is also, you know, a brand name. Yes, Taylor Swift was there, but she also had a game that went into double overtime or single, uh, just a overtime. You had a close game going to overtime. This was a, a TV watchers or a TV executives dream. Um, and yeah, the numbers are pretty big. They do measure out of home too. So if you're wondering about that, I don't know who would be, but this also includes people getting together for parties. That's all counted. I don't know how they count it. Nobody asked me. They basically survey like a handful of people and then multiply it by. We have no way of knowing is what I'm saying. 855-212-4227. More coming up. That's the tease, CBS Sports Radio. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co.